0: Hi there. Thanks for joining us on the Road to Repeal. My name is Shan Crowley. I'm one of the team behind this podcast. These shows are produced by folks who have been campaigning for our yes vote in the upcoming referendum. We hope that the podcast will answer some of the questions you might feel awkward asking others or maybe you feel like you should know the answer to. Today we are kicking off with the basics about what exactly we were voting on. What does repealing the Eighth Amendment mean? I'm 32, which means that I was born after the Eighth Amendment was introduced. While it seems to always be in the news, it is not always clear what it is, where it came from and why we are voting on it. For example, obviously we know that it has something to do with abortion and banning abortion. But surprisingly enough, the Eighth Amendment doesn't actually mention the word abortion at all. And for such a controversial piece of legislation, it is pretty short, only 43 words in total. These 43 words don't exactly roll off the tongue or slip into conversation easily. The following statement that I will read to you is the Eighth Amendment. The State acknowledges the right to life of the unborn and, with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother, guarantees in its laws to respect and, as far as practicable, by its laws to defend and vindicate that right. So today we are kicking off with some fascinating interviews, shining a light on what you need to know about the 8th. We will begin by looking at where it came from and what are some of the problems that are caused by it. Then we need to look at what would happen if we remove this piece of legislation that has dominated pregnancy and women's health over the last 35 years. Like for example, will there be a legal limbo if we vote for repeal? This will bring us on to explaining what the government proposals regarding abortion up to 12 weeks are, and how that would work. Then, before we finish the first episode, we take a slightly different tack and try and make sense of some of the polls and see who is ahead in this debate. To start, though, we begin with the Kerry native Mary McAuliffe, who is a historian working in University College Dublin. Mary explained the background to the 8th and how it came about. We began, though, by asking her to explain the situation regarding abortion access before the 8th Amendment was introduced in the 1980s.
1: Yeah, before the Eighth Amendment in 1983, before the referendum carried it and it was inserted into the Constitution, of course, there was no access to abortion anyway. That had been so since the middle of the 19th century. It was a criminal offence to procure an abortion. Uh, backstreet abortionists were often arrested, the most famous, of course, being Manny Cadden, uh, who was arrested after a woman had died in uh, after an operation in her backstreet abortion. So there was no access to abortion. Given that abortion was legal before the Eighth Amendment, we then asked Mary why it was introduced at all. She began by outlining precisely what it does. Well, the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution um, acknowledges the right to life of the unborn and with due regard to the right to life of the mother guarantees, uh, as far as practicable, that the laws will defend and vindicate the right to life of the unborn. Uh, And that's, of course, really problematic um, because that creates a oppositional situation between the life of the mother and the life of the unborn. Uh, And essentially, the Eighth Amendment has been unworkable since the first day it was suggested, and certainly since it's been inserted in the Constitution. Mary then explained the reasoning behind the Eighth. Eighth Amendment came about not because there was a fear of abortion in Ireland or that there was any access or legal access to it, but because... Of a right wing um, uh, grouping of people who came about, uh, came together under the umbrella of the pro life amendment campaign to create a situation where an amendment would be inserted in the constitution and they did this basically out of a fear that legislation through the Supreme Court or through the Iraqtus would eventually liberalize uh, access to abortion in Ireland in the same way it had been liberalised through the Supreme Court in the United States. In the same way contraception was about, was um, somewhat liberalised in Ireland through the McGee court case. Uh, they felt that the, in order to secure an absolute ban on abortion in Ireland, you couldn't trust the law and you couldn't trust the politicians. So they inserted this into the constitution or got it inserted into the constitution. From the day it was proposed many in Irish society highlighted the fact that it was really
0: problematic that these words would cause serious problems for women in Ireland even then it was opposed at the time by the government's own legal counsel
1: well the Eight amendment to the constitution actually was put it was was suggested to the people against the um, advice of the attorney general at the time and against the advice uh, of some politicians and uh, a small but significant number of people Uh, One of the leaflets they produced was this uh, amendment will kill women uh, and this amendment will harm women and girls. And of course it did, because it becomes unworkable. No matter what side of the debate you are on, many people today accept that the
0: Eighth is unworkable. However, this was first brought sharply into national focus in 1992 during a particularly bleak chapter in Irish history known as
1: the X-Case. Mary Explains... Uh, and one of the first cases that brought this into public view was the x case um m- many people will remember that the x case was a young girl uh, Miss X, who had been um, uh, sexually abused by an, uh, a neighbor, an unknown man, uh, was pregnant. She was fourteen. Her parents decided there were she and her parents decided she she needed to go to England for a termination. And they approached the guardy, saying they would bring back material for DNA testing in order that the perpetrator of this crime could be prosecuted. Of course, the guardy said, "You can't go because of the laws in this country." No Irish citizen can get a termination. And this, of course, broke in the media uh, onto the streets, marches against uh, the prevention of this young girl uh, going to England. Uh, And it showed how the, I, I suppose, the chilling effect of the Eighth Amendment on choice, on the lives of girls and women, on their decisions about their bodies. Uh, In the case of Miss Miss X, she didn't actually go to England and she had a miscarriage. Um, But it brought into full focus that the Eighth Amendment actually made it illegal for women to leave the country to get a termination, to even get information on getting a termination. So again, we had to go to another referendum, and that was the 1992 referendum, where you had the right to information and the right to travel. And it always, I, I suppose, surprises me to think that we had to ask the Irish people that women had to have permission and it had to be written into the Constitution, that they had the right to get information on uh, clinics in England and that they had the right to travel without being impeded, without being questioned. Um, and so I suppose that that brought us to a situation where we have abortion in Ireland. Irish women get abortion. Women living in Ireland get abortions. Uh but they do it in England, obviously, now the abortion pill has changed that, uh, and you now have a situation where you do you have women who travel and you have women who get the pill uh, and take that in the country. N- none of this is actually a good situation because it means women are doing this without proper health care, without proper uh, access to their doctors, to the medical system, uh, and all in secrecy, all in stigma, all in shame. The eighth Amendment, the Constitution has been has done nothing but harm to women and girls in this country. So we were left then
0: in a situation where legislation supposedly brought to prohibit abortion does not work. But Mary explained how it does disproportionately affect the poorer in society.
1: Well, the Eighth Amendment in effect doesn't actually work because, of course, it doesn't stop uh, women travelling to get terminations if they so wish to get them, they simply have to get on a plane or a boat and go to England. What stops women is economic circumstances. What stops them is an inability to, inability to get the information. What stops them is if they're migrant women that they can't go in case they can't come back again. It's not the Eighth Amendment that stops them, it's class circumstances. So the Eighth Amendment is both ineffective and harmful. Uh, and it really does need to be removed. And removing the Eighth Amendment does not mean uh, abortion will immediately be introduced into Ireland. It means that we then have the opportunity to bring in proper legislation uh, that will provide for proper health care, holistic, compassionate health care in this country. I think Mary summarised really well
0: why the Eighth Amendment is not fit for purpose. It doesn't work even from the perspective of its own stated aims. However, you, along with a lot of other people, are probably concerned about what happens when we repeal the 8th. To try and understand this, we talked to Stephanie from the Drawhative of Yes campaign to talk us through what happens from the moment you go to vote.
2: OK, so when people go into the polling booth, what they'll be faced with is a ballot paper that asks them whether or not they want to vote yes or no to removing Article Three that's the 8th Amendment, from the Constitution and replacing it with a new text. And that new text will read... Provision may be made by law for the regulation of the termination of pregnancies. So if there is a yes vote on the 25th of May, the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution will be removed. What's important about this is the Oroctus has always had the power to introduce law on abortion. However, the Eighth Amendment is what limits that power. So the most that the Oroctus can actually do under the Eighth Amendment is to introduce lawful abortion in cases where there is a real and substantial risk to a pregnant person's life. So this was, is, what, is what was done in the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act 2013. Given the narrow framing of the Eighth Amendment and its limits, that means that cases of rape and fatal fetal abnormality cannot be legislated for currently. So if there is a yes vote, the Oireachtas will not be limited in this way. It will instead be possible for it to introduce legal abortion in a wider variety of cases, although the Oireachtas will be able to place proportionate limitations on access to abortion.
0: So what we wanted to know is what happens on May 26th when we have voted for repeal. Stephanie went on to tell us how nothing will change immediately. Abortion will, as it currently is, be available in very limited circumstances.
2: At the moment, Irish abortion law is made up of both Article 43.3, that's the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution, as well as something called the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act 2013. So if the people vote yes on May 25th, then Article 43.3 is immediately repealed and it's replaced with a text that empowers the Oireachtas to introduce a new abortion law. However, the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act 2013 is actually what will remain in force until new legislation is enacted. So abortion will still only be legal in cases where there is a real and substantial risk to the life of a pregnant person until the new bill is introduced. That means, in effect, that while that legislation is in place, pregnant people will still be able to access abortion, but only as a last resort even, where their lives are at real and substantial risk. Mm -hmm. And the fetus is not yet viable. So in all other cases, until legislation, new legislation is enacted, pregnant people seeking abortion will most likely continue to travel for abortion or to import the abortion pill. And of course, importing and taking the abortion pill to self-administer uh, will remain a crime for as long as the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act 2013 is in force. The
0: government have said that they're going to introduce legislation that will allow for abortion up to 12 weeks. Stephanie talked us through what exactly that means, because through the course of the debate, there has been misleading information and scaremongering around this issue.
2: So. Under the current government proposals, pregnant people would be entitled to request abortion from a GP up to 12 weeks from their last menstrual period. So last menstrual period is the standard mechanism of dating pregnancy. And 12 weeks from your last menstrual period is usually about 9 to 10 weeks since conception. So in that case, a GP would have to certify that the pregnancy is within the 12 week limit. And a pregnant person would then have to take a 72 hour, that's a three day waiting period, following which the GP must provide abortion as soon as may be, once the time has elapsed. So in this circumstance, a pregnant person wouldn't be required to justify their reason for accessing abortion. And the reason that this particular framework is what is being proposed, it's, is in order to ensure that victims of rape have access to abortion in a timely fashion. Because evidence put forward during the DOL Committee deliberations stated that as soon as a verification process is introduced for whether or not a rape has taken place or not, it means insurmountable barriers are instantly placed um, for rape victims to access abortion. So allowing for legal abortion from a GP up to 12 weeks is what is considered best practice.
0: Thanks to Stephanie for taking time to explain those key issues. As I mentioned at the start, the road to repeal is made by people who have been involved in the Yes campaign to try and answer questions that can be difficult. If you want us to tackle any aspect you would like to hear more about, you can get in touch at repealpodcast at gmail.com. That's repealpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hear more podcasts on the 8th, There are two other great podcasts out there. Kira O'Connor's The Eighth Podcast and Una Mullally and Andrea Horan's Don't Stop Repealing. If you want to help us out, please review and rate us in iTunes or on whatever platform you use. This really helps others to find the podcast and spread the word. Finally, to conclude, we wanted to try and get a sense of what way things are going. I think all of us, whether involved in a campaign or trying to understand the issues, find it hard to get an overall picture about how the referendum is shaping up. So we caught up with Stuart from the Dublin Central Campaign, who has been looking over the polls and trends. And he talks us through what it means and why your vote is so important.
3: The trends over the last number of years and the changes in attitudes, I think over the last maybe 10 years, certainly there's been a shift in people's attitudes in Ireland towards abortion. A much stronger recognition, I suppose, of um women's right to access abortion services in Ireland. Um, so I think there's a there's an important trend in that sense in that there is a more long-term trend which I think does point towards a positive outcome. There was a Irish Times opinion poll uh, about two weeks ago uh, which indicates strong support uh, for a yes vote. Of those polled, uh, 47% uh, indicated they, w- they would vote yes and 28% uh, indicated they would vote no. When undecideds and people who had given no preference, that translated into a 63% for yes and 37% for no. So obviously it is a, a strong indication and a very positive indication for the campaign.
0: However, even though this is positive, Stuart had his concerns as we move into the crucial last four weeks of polling.
3: Equally important, I suppose, is traditionally um, young people have tended not to vote as strongly um or there's been a lower turnout particularly at general elections. Um that trend maybe was booked in the, the marriage referendum where there was a huge uh surge of uh young people particularly um who came out both campaigning and and uh, to vote on the day. So I think that's a that's a very important uh, aspect of this campaign. Obviously every vote counts um and one of the key parts in this is that the no side, I suppose, have nothing to lose at this stage, is, as it's it's been called on a lot of levels that that this is really for the yes side to lose. So any gains that the no side make, obviously, will give them further encouragement. So I think it's really a case of of maintaining the momentum, maintaining the the kind of active campaign that we've seen right across the right across the state, um, and for people to to remain kind of focused, if you like, on ultimately the day itself, which is the twenty fifth of May of 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 turning out as large a number as possible uh, to vote on the day and to um, to vote yes.
0: And now to finish today's show, we hear from our interviewees about what it would mean to them if the Eighth Amendment was repealed. So first we have Mary, then Stuart and finally Stephanie.
1: I believe if we vote yes to repeal the Eighth Amendment we're saying to Women, girls, people who can get pregnant in this country, that you are valuable, that your health is valuable, that we will create a healthcare system that looks after both you, uh, your family, that cares for your body, that cares for your healthcare, uh, and we will no, no longer export the hard cases, the uh, women and girls that we just don't want to deal with. I think it's time we as a nation grew up. I think we did that in 2015 when we brought in marriage equality. I think we are progressing towards a situation where women have full equal rights in this country, but unless the Eighth Amendment is taken out of the Constitution, that's not going to happen.
3: I think it would be a huge reflection of the type of change that we, that we can see in our society, and particularly given the treatment of women in this state since its foundation back in 1922, that we would see for the first time, I suppose, that women having the right to decide for themselves issues to do with their own pregnancies.
2: You know, it would mean such a great deal to know that, like, the community, that Ireland, that you know, my friends and family and neighbours view me as an individual that has the capacity to make the best decision for myself in those circumstances. I never had a vote in this. My own mother was too young to vote when the Eighth Amendment was passed. Um, we deserve a say in this, and it would be a huge, um, historic achievement. For Ireland if we got this out of the Constitution.
0: Thanks again for joining us on the road to repeal. We'll talk soon and please, please, please subscribe, review and rate us in iTunes.